0: We go out to the North Olmsted Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, Hotline. We Welcome in a good friend of mine. Not just because we share the same name, but because he's also a very good dude. And he does a tremendous job covering the Cleveland Cavaliers and basketball in general for Cavs, Insider, and Hoops Industries. Spencer Davies, formerly a 92 through the fan colleague as well, joins us on the show. What's up, Spence?
1: squared, man, except we're not doing it on camera.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know we didn't get a chance to do it this week because I wasn't there Monday. Um, But I'm happy to be doing it with you here a little bit later in the week. Uh, Just an audio version of it. But I I know the conversation is going to be great. And there's certainly a lot to discuss with this team as they as they hit the all-star break. I I guess the first thing I want to talk about is just some people, I think, read into the last two games before the all-star break a little bit too much, in my opinion. Cause I, I think sometimes we get so I don't want to say bored with the NBA season, but it's so long that we just try to like find answers in every little moment, and we treat it like the NFL, where it's like week to week. We just want to like debate what does this mean for the Cavs. Um, but I think big picture is is where you got to kind of keep your focus with this team. But what were your big takeaways from the sort of uh, the the loss on Monday and then the game last night where you kind of got a rally against an inferior Bulls team? Any cause for concern from those two?
1: I don't think there's any cause for concern, really. Um, You know, right before the All-Star breaks, where teams tend to kind of, uh, I don't want to say fall, like, into, I don't know what the word is. Uh, Like lackadaisical. Yeah, lackadaisical habits or anything like that. But, you know, it's just kind of human nature, right? Like, you know that you're going to have this week-long break. Um, You know, they don't play again until Thursday next week, and, it's just one of those things where you, they didn't come out focused, um, you know, to start both of those games. But I think they had a chance to win it at the end of Monday. Um, and, you know, obviously a, a three-point attempt by Darius Garland fell a little short. But, you know, he comes back around in this Bulls game and ends up having the best close of any Cavalier uh, in that last minute, in my opinion. So it's just one of those things where, you know, you, you can't you know, play with your food, so to speak. Um, and they came out and, I mean, they've still been playing really good basketball. Yeah. Like last night, they had 31 assists on 40 field goals. I think it's the eighth time that they've had 30 or plus assists uh, this season. So it's like, there's, like you said, there's too many things that people look into. And, I mean, they've won 18 out of 20, bottom line. Uh, they're second in the Eastern Conference. Uh, they have had a difficult strength of schedule to this point, I know, during the streak And the run, the schedule wasn't as good as, you know, as it's been before. However, like just some of the parts type of thing, everything they've been through with Darius Garland going down, Evan Mobley going down, not being whole, but still being so resilient and being able to come into these games, expecting to win no matter what the circumstances are, I think is a really good sign for this team moving forward after the All-Star break and even going into the postseason.
0: We know Evan Mobley is making a, a, an effort to shoot more threes. It's been very obvious, and he's he's knocking them down. He's he's doing the best he, he can to try to sort of develop that as part of his game. But you and I have actually had conversations just about Evan in general and how we don't even necessarily think that has to be part of his game to be great in this league. We've kind of compared him. I don't like comparing to other players because then it sets the bar at a certain place. But we've kind of said, like, if he can play in the style of Giannis, that he'll be a great player in this league regardless, and it doesn't necessarily mean he has to shoot threes. Is that something you think becomes a sustainable aspect of his game, or do you feel like that's just kind of a how this team is built right now, they need him to do that, so that's what he's kind of trying to do?
1: Well, you know, I think it's one of those things where if you look at the streak while Evan Mobley and Darius Garland were out, there were a ton of threes going up, right? And they're still getting them up. Um, I think Evan wants to be a part of that. Uh, JB said even that, you know, four to five a game would even be something that, that they would look into. And he attempted four um, a couple games ago, too. So, and, and they're looking good. I mean, he's eight of his, his last 14 from deep. That's a big, big sign of improvement there. But like you were saying, Evan Mobley's not on this team to shoot threes. He's on this team to defend. He's on this team to grab rebounds, push the break himself. Um, even if he, he does it coast to coast, if he's looking up for teammates right away, I think that's something that is really good about skill set is grabbing that rebound and really finding the guy and the leaker um, going up the floor. Uh, you look at the defensive, and you can't say enough about his ability to switch on the smaller guys to to end up you know, having a leaping ability to face guys that might be even stronger than him, like Drummond uh, yesterday when you saw him try to post him up. Uh, he lowered his shoulder, moved Evan out of the way, but Evan responded by jumping off the floor and, and swatting it and getting the fast break going the other way. So there's just so many things he can do um, you know, haven't even had that big shot uh, coming across the, the middle of the floor, about a you know, 12, 13-footer, uh, to put the Cavs ahead, too, um, in that last two minutes. So there's just so many different things that he can do, and he's so, so, you know, deadly as far as the, the ground he can cover, uh, the way that he's able to use his hands, keep the ball in play. That's another thing I think that doesn't get talked about enough, too, on the defensive end after blocks and after steals. Um, and and just be a really good teammate and utilize him in the dribble handoff. There's just so many different ways he can attack you and he's even done a good job since being back of attacking matchups, whether they're they're mismatches or um just, just guys on the block lower in the shoulder and getting to that hook shot.
0: Talk with Spencer Davies in the North Olmsted Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. You can follow him on Twitter at Spin Davies. Uh one of the biggest questions. I think fans still have about this team regarding like as they get closer and closer to the playoffs, it's just, it's going to be until they prove it. Otherwise, whether or not they're a tough team. Um, And we saw them kind of get pushed around by the Knicks last year. Is that something that can be developed or is that more of like an identity thing? And have you seen sort of a different toughness with this team this year?
1: It is an identity thing and that's not necessarily who they are. They're not trying to go out there and prove it. Donovan Mitchell was asked about that last night about the perception of this team whether or not you know they had that toughness in them, but uh he he said that he sees a fire in them and you know it's it's hard to argue against it when you see, you know, George Niangs getting into, you know, scuffles with guys if he feels like, you know, that he's being slighted or, you know, you look at what happened with Jared Allen with Ben Simmons uh, in Brooklyn a a few games ago and the way that he kind of responded after Ben Simmons was, was kind of pushing him around Donovan Mitchell's gotten in the guys' faces before. Um, So, you know, Max Struess leads the league and leads the team in technical uh, fouls. So they are, you know, responding Uh, again, they're not trying to go out there and and show that there's something, uh, but they, they aren't going to be pushed around and they're, they're showing this resiliency. Uh, from a mental standpoint too, and I think that's huge. So, you know, whether teams are trying to get under their skin on purpose, or, or whether this is just a product of how the games have been going this year, I think that they've shown that that there is a little bit more of that that kind of that grittiness to them. And you know, I kind of you know attribute that a little bit to the makeup of the team this year, the experiences that they had in last postseason, uh, and even having a guy like Tristan Thompson around, George Niang around. Max Struess, who, who know in the playoffs that it takes, you know, that kind of that grit and that toughness and that that ability to to hit back, you know, when that stuff yeah. happens.
0: You mentioned those guys, especially the additions of Struess and Neon, because those are the two big free agent additions this offseason. Um, how much does, like, their just presence uh, add to their the, the team's ability as a whole to kind of be more tough? Like, how, how does that – have you seen that kind of rubbing off on guys, and how, how has that rubbed off on guys?
1: I think it's rubbed off on guys because I don't know about you, but I don't know the last time I saw Jared Allen get up and, and go up to somebody and shove them in their chest. <laughs> uh, so you know, like, that was awesome. maybe, You know, maybe that's Tristan too. You know, Tristan's probably had a part in that as well. Uh, but you can see that they're searching out contact though, on offense. I think that's different. Like they're they're not waiting for guys to to come to them; they're going at them. If that makes sense. Um, and and you see that with Evan Mobley. You see that with Jared Allen when he's backing guys down in the pollster, if you find somebody, um, you know, on the pick, and, in the pick and roll and catches it and goes straight up and kind of lower that shoulder again. Um, so, and, and I mean, you know, Donovan Mitchell, I think, is another, you know, another part of his game that doesn't really get talked about is that he, he brings the team with him. So he's getting up and, you know, you notice it last night against Chicago and, you know, it's a little bit, I don't want to say lackadaisical, but like it's a little bit kind of down, the energy's down a little bit. So what did he start doing? He started attacking the basket, and he got to the line. He, he shot uh, 12 or 13 from the free throw line last night. Um, you know, and he started to kind of put pressure on the defense in that way, put pressure on the team on the road that that you know thought that maybe they, they could take advantage and, and you know get a little bit rough, rough them up a little bit. So um, I think that that's another big part of this. Uh, again, it goes back to the playoff series, certainly. Um, but you know you learn from those experiences, and Donovan talked about it last night too. Was is, is like you know look you know they had four bad games last last postseason. Uh, that wasn't who they were. Uh, that wasn't who he was. And and this team is different and better because of it.
0: Talking with Spencer Davies on the show. Follow him on Twitter at spin Davies covers the Cavs for Cavs Insider and hoops industry, all NBA topics over there. Um, Spence does. The All-Star Game still means something. <laughs> uh,
1: the recognition, absolutely. The recognition matters um, as far as the weekend and, and the stuff that comes along with it. All-Star Saturday, um, that stuff obviously. There needs to be some 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 work done with it because you know, depending on participation. When I think the three-point contest is really fun. I, I enjoy the skills competition. Um, and, and, you know, I think Rising Stars is really fun as well. Yeah. I think those guys go out there and they know what kind of spotlight's on them, and it's their opportunity to showcase to a national audience what they're made of. Amani Bates will be representing the Cavs and yeah. Cleveland Charge in that game um, as a replacement for Ron Holland of the G League Ignite, so that's great uh, for Amani to get into that as well. Uh, but, but yeah, I think there's still substance to it, but there's there's no doubt. There's, there's work that needs to be done with the dunk contest. There's work that needs to be done sometimes uh, you know, with the presentation, maybe sometimes uh, other other stuff like that. But the recognition itself, um, other than the game, I think it is a huge honor. And obviously it ties into um, financial stuff for these guys, too, as far as making, you know, all NBA teams, all defensive teams and whatnot.
0: Do you agree with me that the three-point contest has actually surpassed the dunk contest at this point?
1: Um, I think that that's a fair assessment. Uh, I think it's cool that, you know there's a lot of good shooters in the NBA Yeah. and uh, it's, you know, it's, it's a shame that we can't see all of them go at it, but uh, you know, to, to narrow it down to the field that they do, I think bringing in Sabrina uh, Inescu against Steph Curry over all-star weekend is going to be very cool as well. Um, they, they've really leaned into the shooting part of this, right? Um, a lot of, a lot of pace and space in the NBA. Now that's what basketball is currently. Um, it's it's not two guys and in the, inside of the arc trying to post up and stuff like that. You need, you need to have guys who can spread the floor and shoot the ball. And I think that the NBA is really leaning into that. And the three point contest, I think, you know, brings a little bit of that drama in because it it is, it's a test of, uh, it's really a test of your endurance uh, to go out there and, and not only do it for one round, but when you get to the next, and and that's a lot of shooting and that's a lot of of stress on, on your shoulders. And it's, it's interesting to see, you know, how the best of the best really work at their craft and, and to see the results, of course.
0: Well, and let's face it, the part of the reason the dunk contest has kind of waned in, in, in recent years is because you're you're not getting the stars doing it anymore, and you actually get the stars doing the three-point contest. I mean, Steph Curry's done it before. I know Cat won it. Uh, like, you're getting Donovan Mitchell in it this year. Klay Thompson's done it. Like, all these guys that we're talking about as some of the best shooters in the game are actually participating versus I guarantee you, Spence, if you went around and asked the the average NBA fan right now who won the dunk contest net last year – they probably wouldn't know or remember because the guy who won it still in the G League. Yep, and he's back this year, Mac McClung. <laughs> um, but <laughs> trying to defend but, his title. Yeah, I, I think that, you know here's here's one
1: positive I will say about that though is I think you know getting guys in the G League to participate in that is is helpful for the G League product and sure. I think it's helpful for you know the players that participate. However, like you're saying, for a more general audience to see that stars are not participating probably is hurtful for the dunk contest. Like, you'd probably want to go out and see Anthony Edwards in this thing, right? You know, like, you'd, you'd want to see some stars stars get in there. I know LeBron James was a huge topic of conversation, you know, when he was at his athletic peak, so to speak. Um, but, yeah, it just seems like it's it's not got the pizzazz. And also, you know, another part of this, Spence, that I don't think people talk about enough with the dunk contest is, what the heck else can you try and figure out to do? Like, there are so many ridiculous <laughs> yeah. slams that we've seen like Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine might have just ended it right there, right? The, the, the back yeah. and forth exchange they had. I thought Derek Jones Jr. when he won it in Chicago, that was a tremendous dunk contest. I really enjoyed that. But yeah, it, it's, it's hard to be innovative now, right? It, you, I don't know how many years it's been going on, 30, 40-something years. And it's, it's a difficult thing to try and be creative and try to be original.
0: Few more minutes with Spencer Davies. I I gotta ask you about this because I had this take the other night when uh, I was hosting Tuesday when they retired Shaq's jersey in in Orlando, and I said that the Shaq Orlando jersey, like the black one with the pinstripes, is actually a better jersey than Shaq's Lakers jersey.
1: I would have to agree with that. Thank and you.
0: That's,
1: that's the, so so I would have to agree with that just because I love I love the star in the middle, right? You know, you, like you said, the pinstripes. I'm also very I, I it, the 90s holds a very very special place yeah. in my heart and the early 2000s <laughs> all of those obnoxious logos like you look at the Raptors that one was was oh. probably the most obnoxious logo but I it's love awesome. that jersey you know it reminded me of you know the Vince Carter Tracy McGrady yeah. Allen uh, Williams you know those teams um you know Houston Rockets you know like with Yao Ming out there you know and and it, there oh, were yeah. some very cool designs and I feel like things have been a little bit more minimalized. Uh, these days, there's a lot less, um, I don't know, less loud jerseys out there and jersey designs. So um, I, I was really impartial to that. And, you know, the Lakers pretty much had the same jersey design for a while now. So they were one of the ones that was more kind of, uh, I don't want to say low key, but, you know, you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> it's an iconic jersey, but it's been kind of the same for a while. All right, let me get you out of here with this because while we were doing this interview, Caitlin Clark officially became the NCAA women's all time leading scorer, three thousand five hundred and twenty eight points. She she broke the record uh passing Kelsey Plum. And I I I'm probably gonna actually turn this into a topic here that we talk about next. But is there with football done for a while, is there a bigger sports spectacle right now than Caitlin Clark?
1: Whew. Uh it's it's hard to to say that there isn't I mean you you see her you know it's your face plastered all over ESPN and all those you know those big networks and and rightfully so I mean what an accomplishment to do that uh and and you obviously see the highlights and the the scoring machine that she is um you know I'm trying to think of spectacle in the way that you're trying to, to describe it um but but currently I I think that you you're probably on the on the button on that one. I mean, she did it too before All Star Weekend, so it's good that she you know she was able to accomplish that before all the hoopla yeah. uh, with all the guys in in Indianapolis. So good for Caitlin. That's a huge accomplishment, and um, you know kudos to her.
0: Of course, the Spencers are on the same page. I'm going to talk about it more after the break here, but I do want to say quickly, Spence, appreciate your time as always, my man. He joined us, of course, in the North Olmsted Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. I know I'll be seeing you soon, so this is a very brief, uh, it's, it's not It's not goodbye, it's see, it's see you later. Uh, it's adorable. Thanks, Spence, <laughs> appreciate it. <laughs> appreciate you, man. Good stuff, Spence. Uh, good stuff from Spencer Davies, especially him agreeing with me on those last two questions. And when we get back, we're going to talk about it next because, listen, it's a big Big ass deal that Caitlin Clark becomes the all time leading scorer of women's NCAA history. Guys, I can't think of anything right now in sports that I would rather go see. And then I think a lot of fans would rather go see than Caitlin Clark right now. Is there anything in sports going on right now? Again, with football over, because I understand the Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift phenomenon would have obviously trumped anything. But with football now behind us, is there anything right now that trumps Caitlin Clark? In sports. I don't think there is. We'll talk about it next here on 92 Through the Fan.